Good morning, Al Bat. Hey, good morning. I am uh, speaking to you and white-throated sparrows. I'm looking at them uh, through my window here, so who could ask for anything more of a day? There is so much traffic going by today. I don't know what... uh, I've been on the Salvation Army board forever and a day, and we had a meeting yesterday. We had it by... uh, we, We moved on. Everybody's on Zoom, so we had to go to something else. I think Microsoft Teams. Uh You know, I got Zoom, GoToMeeting, Google Meets, Microsoft (laughs) Teams. I don't know what else I have on my iPad now. So it's just like one big meeting hall there. But we, uh, they're working on Bridge Street in Albert Lee, right where our thrift store is. So we get uh, 200 cars in an hour sometimes going through our uh, parking lot now the street is closed so hmm. it's it, you know traffic we like traffic going by the store but i don't know how many of those 200 stop probably not a whole lot because they're everything from school buses to uh, construction trucks and everything else but it's kind of like that on my road today so i figure they must they must be tearing something up or doing some utility work or something hmm. to get all this going on but but I pandered to the birds. I uh, headed out to the bird feed lot because I have a wild time feeding them. And it was odd. Uh, I had crows come in pretty close like they felt an urge to crash the party and appeared to want to drink from the bird bath. I suppose I couldn't find a crowbar, so they were headed to this. And I think uh, the last hummingbird I saw here was on September 25th now, I believe. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that online. They're saying, I guess my hummingbirds are done. Now, do you think that's the case? Should should they stop now because of the risk of freezing their their liquid in the feeders soon? Well, they can certainly bring that in or put it in a garage or something. I'm going to leave mine up for a little while just in case you know because i grew up in those yeah you can never be too careful i heard that a lot growing up so i tried to do that and i know i've mentioned before but a hummingbird can drink its weight in nectar in a day and i'm sure i mentioned that i tried that with red kool-aid once i'm not sure what flavor it was it never mattered as long (laughs) as it was red and i drank until i sloshed when i walked but uh, it was no challenge to a hummingbird that's an amazing feat and it may be because a hummingbird's brain makes up 4.2% of its weight. And uh, my brain is 2% on a really good day. So it's, uh, it's, they're amazing little creatures. And I know I've uh, read through the years that they say proportionally theirs is the biggest brain so, of, of birds. Uh, blackbirds, I'm seeing some blackbird flocks. Uh, cowbirds could be members of those large congregation, and the cowbird is a nest parasite, so it's never had to secure a nest alone, so it's probably the richest of that group. Uh, murmurations of starlings, they become like feathered face masks in the sky. And I got a call from a jay. Uh, blue jays make a series of sounds, and Charles Flugum, who I was... Uh, just blessed by getting to know in his wonderful book birding from a tractor seat he wrote this about the blue jay he said the flagrant rascal evidently enjoys hearing its own voice putting forth its utmost effort to make the loudest possible noise 
there's still a, a splash of white and purple and asters and uh, yellow and golden rods and sunflowers that you'll see as you move about this beautiful uh, state. Uh, milkweed plants, uh, they're still hosting some insects. I realize that not everyone is happy to see them, but they are beautiful. There's uh, red milkweed beetles. They feed on the leaves and the buds. Uh, milkweed bugs, they resemble box elder bugs. They eat the seeds. And then oleander aphids feed on the sap. And the aphids produce a sticky substance called honeydew. Uh, honeydew is sugary and something that ants uh, readily eat. And ants will tend to the aphids as shepherds care for sheep. Uh, lady beetles prey upon the aphids. So I guess the ant's job is to kind of keep those lady beetles at bay. Our yard is surrounded by soybeans this year, so it's filled with biting, foul-smelling, multicolored Asian lady mm. beetles. And I didn't, I didn't mean anything bad about them, but, <laughs> oh, man, they bite. And I remember talking to the extension service when we were first getting them, and I said, they bite. And they said, no, 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 they pinch. Mm. Well, I don't know what the difference is, I guess. I can't figure it out because, boy, they definitely bite. And I'm lucky because I think there are... Some people, I know there are some people that will have a, a bit of a, an allergic reaction to it. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe not hives or anything, but the, you can see where they've been bitten for quite a while. Uh, walnut trees, they typically begin losing their leaves earlier than most other species, so we're seeing a lot of walnut leaves on the ground. We have a grove of walnut trees here. A uh, study by Science Advances, and this is uh, just it's sad news, estimated that the Milky Way is no longer visible to 80% of Americans. And, man, that just, uh, you know, some of my best times have just been sitting out staring at the sky and wondering about things. Uh, going for a walk and something bit me and there was nothing there. I'd mm. fallen victim to a minute pirate bug, oh. often called a noceum. I've and had I those realized, lately too, Al, and I was wondering if that oh, was what they man. were. Is this the time of year they come out? Because I, all of a sudden I noticed and I was I was mad because I'm like, what in the world? It is. And when I was a kid, Mom was a uh, chronic painter, so when we had this, <laughs> little break around this time before we got out in the field and started harvesting, she'd always put us to work uh, painting the hen house or oh. part of the barn or some, uh, the outside of uh, the back of the house that nobody would see. You know, we could actually <laughs> paint a little bit of um, a second color back there. But they, these guys would just bite us something fierce. And I know that there's a lot of different insects that are called noceums in Minnesota. But I think this is our primary one. And it's a tiny insect with a giant bite. Hey, but when you were painting, out, when you were painting, did those yeah. little noceums get, like, if it was, especially if it was white paint, did they get in the paint and make little spots? Because I recall painting also, and all of a sudden you see these little spots, and then you try and paint over them, and there'd be more, and you just kind of was like, what should I do? Everything got in our paint, <laughs> yes. every kind of insect you could imagine. They just flew right Stick. before that. Yeah. And I'm thinking now with all these multicolored Asian lady beetles, I've, um, I was at a meeting and they told us that they really like white houses. 
This was back when they were providing all the insulation in a number of homes, attics. They were so thick. And I thought, well, I have a White House, so that's why they like it so much. So I'm thinking, man, if we'd had all those and we're painting the house white, <laughs> we'd have just had a polka dot house because there would have been so many of these guys stuck to it. So uh, they they have a giant bite, I will say, about these little noceums. And speaking of giants, I saw a giant water bug at the end of August, and it's the biggest bug in Minnesota. It's two inches long and an inch wide. And it's uh, from the insect order of true bugs, so that's why I say it's the biggest bug. And nicknames include toe biter, electric light bug, and alligator tick. They have a strong attraction to lights that brings them to parking lots and ball fields. And they will bite in self-defense. And I recall playing softball out in Maple Island, and they would just, they'd fly there, and I remember our shortstop freaking out because they were landing on him, and he wasn't he wasn't real taking with really large bugs that looked like they might do him deadly harm. So he was, uh, his mind wasn't on the game when he was out there because he was looking for these uh, large bugs. But I think they're really neat. A couple years at one of the fairs, somebody brought in one where they'd got a, they found it somewhere at the fair, and they put it in the little bag where they got a free goldfish. Mm-hmm. And the bug, of course, did the goldfish in right away because they will <laughs> eat um, small fish. So. so he brought it in, and, of course, he didn't want it anymore. And he said, here, could I put it here? I bet people would like to see this. And I guess a lot of people like to see it, and a lot of people just went, oh, that's <laughs> terrible. So uh, Cindy Drill of North Mankato said, this morning, she said, good morning, a lone junco forages on my patio this morning. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that's a sign of, you know, snow and winter and everything. They're called snowbirds. Uh, I've heard them called snow sparrows, and they are a member of the sparrow family. Beautiful little birds. Uh, Maggie Mao said, Al, I am wondering... Are the bobolink and a bobolinkin one and the same bird? This bobolinkin was mentioned in a book dealing with the period of the 1760s, so it had nothing to do with a later president. Perhaps you have some ideas about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, about that book, Maggie, uh, but William Cullen Bryant, who was uh, born in Massachusetts, he was a poet lived from 1794 to 1878, wrote of Robert of Lincoln. Robert of Lincoln is telling his name, Bobolink, Bobolink, Spink, Spank, Spink. So, yeah, it would be uh, Bobolink and Bobolinkin would be the same. And my father often called the Bobolink Robert of Lincoln. Fran Thierkoff, who, oh, golly, she lives in his J.A. M-U-L, I don't know if it's Jamul, in California. And she wrote of California acorn woodpeckers and ravens that let her know when it's 7 a.m., just by kicking up a fuss, I guess. Uh, Boyd and Janine Reese of Clark's Grove said, Hi, Al, hope this finds you feeling well. Last night we heard a loud bang in front of our house. 
Boyd went to the front to look, and a picture had fallen from the dining room window. Boyd opened the front door, and much to our surprise was an eagle on the deck. He was startled by the door opening and flew away. Have you ever heard of eagles coming into the little village of Clark's Grove? Hmm. Um, I have not. Uh, Eagles do sometimes appear in places we don't expect them. I've seen them regularly in northern Minnesota and Alaska in the small cities there. Uh, I saw one in New Richland one year right on the edge of town, but like on a lawn. I think you good folks were chosen to have a visit from an eagle, which is a pretty cool thing. Uh, Tim Jensen of Fairmont sent me a number of photos of a white bird on his lawn and was wondering what what's going on here. It's a leukistic house sparrow, Tim. Oh. Uh, leukism is an abnormal condition of reduced pigmentation affecting various animals such as birds and it's marked by an overall pale color or patches of reduced coloring and it's caused by a genetic mutation which inhibits melanin and other pigments from being deposited in the feathers and we used to call it partial albinism and we may well do so again uh, but it had dark eyes and it had some dark feather. And an albino would have red eyes and be missing those dark feathers. So that is a really cool thing to uh, see, Tim, and I, I hope it brings you good luck. Uh, Rita Granson, who uh, birds regularly in Parker's Woods. If Folks, if you're a, a birder and you're ever in the Mason City area, it's a wonderful place. She saw several Phoebes, uh, a number of red-breasted nuthatches, yeah, and a wood thrush, Swainson's thrush, uh, catbirds, a lot of white-throated sparrows. She said she counted at least 35. Uh, Nashville warblers, orange-crowned warblers, yellow-rumped warblers, and a belted kingfisher. I have been trying to get a good photo of a belted kingfisher. I get photos, and they all stink. I don't know what the what's going on there but one of these days i'm gonna get a nice photo of a belted kingfisher and i'm gonna keep it in a safe place (laughs) uh brian smith saw a grasshopper sparrow in my notes i put down grasshopper smith uh which isn't uh, at least i didn't put brian sparrow on there i remember my dad saying he was in hospital and uh, they had a bat and a sparrow in the same room because his roommate was a sparrow. Uh, Aaron Peach uh, saw a black Bernian warbler in Wasika County. And they, uh, even in the fall, uh, they are one of our most exquisite warblers. Uh, I was at a plowing bee at Jack Mays near St. Clair, Minnesota. And I was sitting there watching all the old tractors move up and down the field, pulling a plow. And there flew in right by me was a black Bernian warbler. So uh, sadly, I, I should have been watching the tractors pulling plows, but my attention was um, drawn away <laughs> by this beautiful bird. And again, a lot of our uh, warblers in fall are a lot more muted in color. The black Bernian certainly is, but it's still what an exquisite bird to look at. I just, oh, my gosh. Um, Somebody sent me an email, and they were headed out to Wisconsin, out to the Dells area, and they were wondering if Aldo Leopold Shack 
is open. And I, I sent them some information, I hope it still is, in a Sand County almanac, uh, Aldo Leopold, I thought about him the other day, and I think about him often, but he descri- there were pelicans flying overhead, and he described migrating American white pelicans this way. He said, let a squadron of southbound pelicans but feel a lift of prairie breeze, and they sense at once that there is a that here is a landing in the geological past, a refuge from that most relentless of aggressors, the future. With queer antiluvian grunts, they set wing, descending in majestic spirals to the welcoming wastes of a bygone age. I've visited Leopold's shack several times. It's a rebuilt, uh, oh, 1935, I think he rebuilt that shack. Chicken coop along the Wisconsin River near Baraboo, Wisconsin, which has become a metaphor for living lightly on the land. Uh, Leopold called for land ethic, a caring ethical relationship between people and nature. And he died in 1948 from a heart attack while fighting a brush fire on a neighbor's farm. And uh, we all, um, if we're readers at all, I guess, have had books that have um, changed our lives in many ways. And uh, mine, one of them would be a Sand County Almanac by Aldo Leopold. Uh, a listener says, uh, thanks for KMSU. Well, I Aww, agree with you. Thank thank, you. Thanks for KMSU. How many kinds of spiders are there in Minnesota? Uh, there are two. Uh, there are those that are indoors and those that are outdoors. <laughs> I think you could. You know, I tried to find, but I found in my notes from 2015, and they said there are 466 species had been confirmed in the state. But that was in 2015, so I'm going to see if I can find something that's updated. I almost bet a a nickel or a dime that there'd be more than that now. But it's uh, I I love seeing spiders. Uh, Yesterday morning, all the grass spiders on the lawn had their webs out, and they had raindrops all over them. It was just beautiful, and if you look down on them, you could see a little tunnel going from the web and that's where the spider lives and just waiting for something to come along and fall in that but uh, this little guy all he'd caught so far were uh, raindrops a listener asked is it a beetle or a bug that was the full question but not so I'm not sure what insect they were talking about but a beetle or a bug you know we tend to call things bugs. We grow up saying, oh, there are bugs everywhere. Uh, Mosquitoes, we kind of separate mosquitoes, but then if they're in with something else and they're bad, then we say, well, the bugs were terrible. Uh, Beetle or bug, both are insects. If you think of a beetle, they have the hardened forewings, and they may look as, as if they have a straight line down their backs. Uh, beetles have chewing mouth parts with mandibles, so that's like those multicolored Asian lady beetles that bite me. They have chewing mouth parts. True bugs have their forewings hardened at the base, and then at the end it's like a membrane, so it's not hard on the end. This creates a triangular shape on their back. Uh, True bugs have beak-like piercing, sucking mouth parts. 
So we think of a lot of them as maybe, uh, oh, chewing up plants and things like that, living off plants and sap and things. A June bug is a beetle, even though we call it a June bug. Some people do call them June, June beetles. A June bug is a beetle, and a box elder bug is a bug. So it's a... Uh, it can be really confusing, but if it looks like a box elder bug, for the most part, it's a bug. And they're, they're all really neat. Uh, a listener said, there's an owl in my yard. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, during the day. said, can it see in the daytime? And that's probably something that some folks heard. I don't think I ever did, but I, I think a lot of people have heard that they really can't see very well during the day. Their pupils don't constrict they as don't? much as ours do in bright light. So you might see a um, an owl in your yard, like my neighbor. He's got one lands on his propane tank. Uh, so they close their eyes partially. So oh. it looks like you might think, well, he's sleeping or he's tired. But they look sleepy when they're wide awake and alert. Uh, some owls see better than we do in bright light. So the, the one in your yard, is he's, he's doing fine, well, unless, of course, he's injured or ill or something. But uh, otherwise, he's probably just doing fine. Why are they out during the day? Uh, you know, uh, barred owls will sometimes hunt during the day, great horned owls occasionally. I see that more often maybe with young great horned owls because they just haven't figured everything out yet. And they had life going going their way because mom and dad were feeding them. And then one day mom and dad said, that's it, you're on your own. So then they're going, oh, my gosh, what do I do? i got to find something to eat. And they're just not always real good at it, so they might end up being out there in the daytime. More than likely, the reason they're out there in the daytime is crows found where they were perched. And uh, crows hate owls. Uh, Since you're on the topic of owls, I got a note from Bruce in Waldorf. He said, I would like to give Al a brief on-air update regarding the barred owl that I rescued near Matawan, Minnesota. I also have a photo of it you could put post on your program's media site that's all he says so i don't know what the update is i don't i'm not sure i i hope he will text me more because i'm curious to know what happened to your owl i don't do you recall that uh, oh gosh yeah i was i was hoping to hear from bruce he was uh, a road an owl was hit on the road and uh bruce got it up to the raptor center up at the university of minnesota so what a good guy. It's just a, uh, just a fine thing to do, and I look forward to hearing what, uh, what happens to I it. I do, too. I hope it was all good things, yeah. yeah. And, and oh, go ahead. they get hit a lot on roads, owls, and it's, it's not always because they're not alert or anything. It's because they're hunting, and they don't pay any attention to what they you know, they're not looking for a Buick or a Kia. They're looking for a Volvo. <laughs> right. And they get hit oh. by cars. I've got another text here from Carl in Motown, it says. He says... <laughs> he is from Motown, yes. What is Motown? Morristown. Oh, more. Oh, okay. <laughs> Silly me. He says, please play Bluebird by Robin Trower. Perfect for Al Bat. Beautiful song. Thanks, Carl. Oh. So I'm going to have to do that I'll, after we're done here. And then I've got another text. People are just texting in like crazy this morning here. 
Uh, Al may know this, and you always kind of groan when you hear this. Al may know I this. Do. Why do cows have hooves instead of feet? <laughs> I see the answer. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Because they lactose. Oh, Get it, lactose. My gosh. And this oh. is from, guess who, Al? Uh, it's from our friend John in New Ulm. He says, going to see his dad today uh, for a week. And so uh, he says, it's slow at work with no new movies out. Because he, of course, works at the movie theater in New Ulm. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. I thought of that. I've got a, a good friend, and lives uh, Ken Bertelson is his name. And he is... Um, Oh, he'd go to the movies every day. He just He's a retired fireman, and he just loves seeing movies. And he was, uh, oh, he was in the depths of despair when the movie theater wasn't open at all. But now they're showing some, so he gets to go there. I know he goes two, three times a week to see movies. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my wife and I, it's a long process to find a movie that we're that both of us want to see and that we're going to go to. I think Ken just goes to a movie. He just wants to see a movie. And I'm sure he has certain things that he'd rather see than other ones. But I think he just says, I'm going to a movie. And he goes in there and he looks at the name and says, well, that one sounds good. Because I, uh, I do talk to him and I say, well, how'd you like that one? Well, you know, he said it wasn't the best, but I liked it. So he likes any of them, I guess. He likes that big screen. And his wife says he has Netflix, which has more movies than he can watch in 10 lifetimes, but he still likes going to the movies. So, um, yeah, thanks, uh, John, Carl, and Bruce. I appreciate you guys uh, very much. I appreciate everybody who listens. It's uh, it's a fun, uh, a fun gig. Uh, I just enjoy it enjoy talking to good folks about good things and i I look forward to hearing from bruce and bruce called me and uh, it was just uh, i had a great visit with him and i just what a nice thing uh the last question i'll touch on here are what are good binoculars for birding and i won't uh, mention brand names or anything for um the lens closest to the bird is the objective lens that's the big lens and that determines how much light your binoculars gather and the brightness of the image you'll see. And a rule of thumb for birding binoculars, they should have a ratio of 1 to 5. So the objective lens diameter divided by magnification. So if they're called 7 by 35 binoculars, uh, magnification divided into the objective lens, 7 into 35 is 5. 8 by 40, 10 by 50. If you had uh, 8 by 42 binoculars, they'd be somewhat brighter. But if you had 10 42s or 8 32s, uh, then they'd be a bit dimmer in low light levels. And if you hold your binoculars away from your eyes, you'll see a bright circle in the middle of each eyepiece. And that's the light coming through the binoculars to your eyes, and it's called the exit pupil. And that exit pupil, you want that 1 to 5 ratio. So I hope that helps. It can. There's so many things to look for in binoculars. Speaking of pupils, uh, I just got a, a, a reply as we were chatting about Bruce and Waldorf, who talks about his... Uh, the barred owl that he rescued near 
Mattawan, Minnesota. He sent a picture. What a beautiful, beautiful owl. He wrote, I took him to the University of Minnesota Raptor Center. The owl suffered a minor eye injury and is being treated. He says, I hope to pick him up later and release him by Mattawan. And I'm going to share this picture with you, Al, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful owl. And one of the eyes you can tell is obviously um, doesn't have a pupil showing. It's just like a big black completely black as opposed to the other ones so good oh. good for him thank you for for bruce and waldorf for you know just being kind to animals you bet that's and it's great to hear that because i always tell everybody when they're going to take them up there i said you know there's a really good chance that they might just say oh this one's injured too much we're gonna just have to euthanize him so i'm always so happy when there's a a, a really nice result and um uh, Bruce should stride the earth like a colossus today. Uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. You know, each day is the greatest of journeys. Uh, I clean my glasses with ketchup because uh, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, I told my wife that I was taking two masks because if I'm like a lot of you, I'm sure you've gone out and said, oh, I forgot a mask. So I, I was taking two. I keep one in the car. I make sure I have two masks. And then I think math. That's one of those words like wasp that doesn't want to end. So the next time I might just say I'm taking this mask and I'm taking another mask. But before I could leave, the phone rang. Why can't telemarketers ever offer something I'd be interested in? <laughs> A guy called and wanted to deliver my prize from Publishers Clearinghouse. I didn't even know that Publishers Clearinghouse still existed or that I could win a contest without first entering it. Uh, a second call was from someone pushing septic tank additives. Uh, university research has found that no matter how many educated enzymes or boffle bacteria an additive offers, it does no good and may cause harm. I'll be waiting by my phone, thankful that I'm not a telemarketer. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening to me. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. And uh, thank you, Karen, as uh, as always, for your fine company. And, Carl, I'll look forward to listening to that song. And I'm going to send uh, that owl picture to you, too. It's just an uh, amazing and a beautiful, beautiful creature. So thank you, Al. We'll chat with you next week. Until then, right. so long. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's our good friend Al Bat. Always great to chat with him. We'll be 